are you pooing so much? His name is Craven. He likes fat ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello, good evening, welcome to this episode 55 of Banter Behind the Throne. Uh, my name is Lord Craven. I am the captain of this ship. I'm joined, as always, uh, by my distinguished bosun, Mr. Dave Bamford. Say hello, Dave. Hello. And uh, swimming around in the rigging, doing not a lot at all, is uh, Thomas Peel. Say hello, Peel. Hello. Uh, we have been uh, off the air for what going on for two weeks now. Uh, we had a big collection of technical problems, personal issues, and uh, scheduling conflicts, which meant we've gone radio silent for a while. Um, and... Only today, Dave's train home was delayed by uh, someone um, putting themselves in front of that train. Um, so he's late home, and uh, we are against the clock. So this is going to be a shorter, kind of reduced, boiled down episode. Um, but it's just still be a good one. I can't guarantee that, though. Um, we're going to pick up some of the listeners' questions from last week, and then we will tackle the rest when we're next on here. Uh, Dave and Peel have a report to make about their tournament in Peterborough, which they ran. Uh, a weekend or so ago, uh, two weeks ago now, yep. And um, we've got some news from the world of FFG um, as we mourn the death of another LCG cut down in its early years. Uh, Warhammer Conquest has gone to the farm. It's gone. The perennial bad guys of the hobby world, Games Workshop, have taken their ball home and are no longer letting FFG play with it. Um, that brings with it an enormous butcher's bill of products being removed from FFG's catalogue, um, up to and including such things as Fury of Dracula, which I had no idea was anything to do with Games Workshop. Um, all of the Games Workshop-themed RPGs are going. Um, what future is in store for them, I don't know. Um, I used to play quite a lot of the original Dark Heresy back in the day, and I had the raging arsehole when they re-released it into Dark Heresy 2 and said basically most of the books aren't compatible and you need to buy them all again, which I promptly didn't. Um, but had I done that, I would be even more fucking annoyed now because I'm stuck with it. It's all gone. Um, but for most people listening to the show, I imagine you associate the Games as a Workshop license with Warhammer Conquest and now now been and gone. Um what do you reckon, guys? We've lived through this a couple of times in various forms, so, um, yeah, how does that sit with you? I'd say they're, they're kind of quite pretty lucky in a way. I'm amazed Games Workshop haven't sunk their teeth into Lord of the Rings, because I know they did the Lord of the Rings Warhammer pretty much the second the film came out. And I have a feeling they would have been clever enough to secure kind of all the rights to that kind of property as well. Yeah, I mean, well, they've got the, yeah, the miniatures, haven't they? I, I'm yeah. sure it probably extends to the miniatures, because at the time... Games Workshop yeah. had no interest in cards and board games, but whether that's changed with their new CEO, I don't know. Um, that's that's obviously something that could have happened. They, they still will do. It depends how much they want to really tackle those licenses. But um, sorry, yeah, Dave, what, what was you going to say? Um, I've, I mean, the, the decision doesn't really affect me because I don't really play. I don't play Conquest. I don't play many of 
those board games, although I do like Warhammer Quest, the card game. That's really good, and I got that out again at the weekend, and I'll mourn the fact that it never will get any expansions of any reasonable nature. Uh, but I'd just like to comment that, you know, well, firstly, it's it's been a long time coming. Like, the rumours have been in the air for months now. Yeah. Uh, and it's got more and more and more clear that that's probably going to happen in the last few weeks. Um, and it's a bit disappointing to see people... This is going to make me sound like a shill, but it's disappointing to see people uh, in the Conquest forums and things saying, uh, you know, FFG have ripped us off. They haven't... They, you know, they've just pushed this on us with one pack to go and, uh, you know, they could have been up front about this months ago when they knew... And it's like, well, no, they can't, because uh, if they've been in contract negotiations with Games Workshop all this time, it's only when the contract is, you know, finally not re-signed that they can say anything, because as soon as they announce, oh, we may not, um, we may not be continuing with our Warhammer games, like that, Games Workshop could just say, oh, okay, well, then you won't continue yeah. with the Warhammer games and take their ball home. Uh, so, yeah. you know, FFG have done this in the most professional way possible. They've told people, well, I assume as soon as they could, uh, they're giving us until February to continue to buy the products if they're still in stock, uh, which, you know, that's to sell all their excess stock. They won't be printing any more, I would assume. But you've still got the chance to buy these. And yeah, it sucks if you're invested in Conquest like we are with Thrones, but, um, you know, oh dear. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, um, FFG really aren't that kind of money-hungry kind of vampires as people are starting to complain about them because all you need to do is look at how the demise of Thrones first edition was handled. They they made that publicly sort of clear what was going on um, in advance of the last cycle of cards coming out. You know, if they were that bothered about maintaining their sales and that sort of thing, they wouldn't have done that. They would have told us when there was no more products to be made. So they are honest um, at the risk of losing uh, sales, which they definitely did. I mean, you look at um, what happened in Stoke when that happened. Uh, the game was kind of tossed into the abyss almost immediately by a large segment of the community um, who didn't buy in at all to the last pack. So FFG um, are honest, um, but it still sucks. I mean, it, it's not it's not on, it's not fair. Um, but there you go. That's Games Workshop. They are the baddies uh, in every occasion. Um, who knows if they're going to take it on? Their new CEO seems to be pushing out some odd new products here and there, like you know, complete box games and stuff like that. So you never know; they may push it on. But um, I suspect, and I'm not an expert, but I suspect this might have a little bit to do with uh, the Battle Law miniatures game that FFG are making. I wouldn't be surprised if that's some sort of breach of their agreement. I don't know, but. It does seem a bit strange. FFG announced themselves to be making their own miniatures game, and then a big miniature manufacturer who's given them a license says, "Oh no, you're not." <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Uh, I think uh, the conquest rumours have been going on longer than Rune Wars has been announced. Uh, well, perhaps Rune Wars just rustled their jimmies then. Yeah, maybe that was the final nail, or like yeah. FFG said to them, "Look, we want to bring this out," and Games Workshop said, uh, "No." Are you having a fucking laugh, mate? Yeah, which is fair enough on their, car, their part, if, if so. I, I did yeah. see a rather amusing post that said um, FFG should just give up all their miniatures to uh, to appease Games Workshop. It's just like, if you think they're going to give up X-Wings, <laughs> you've yeah. got another thing coming. 
Yeah, X-Wing, um, yeah, the moment the Star Wars license goes, FFG just will go. <laughs> if that ever happens, that will be devastating to them. That and devastating to us, because we, we do like Star Wars, and we like, I like X-Wing. Yeah. Well, I get a chance to play it. I can, like X-Wing, so. but it hurts my back, so I don't play it very often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does. I like to sit down and push from around of like a stick, like a general, in, yeah. uh, <laughs> in like a World War Two movie. <laughs> Yeah, but we can't afford Armada, so uh, <laughs> the less no. said about doing that, the better. Yeah. Okay, so that's any other news from the world? Before uh, we move on? I'm sure there is. There, Canadian Nationals was yesterday. Uh, I don't know who won, though. I know Sean <laughs> Emberley, uh, who does... People will may not know who Sean is, but he was on the episode when we did uh, Citadel Challenge, and Sean's also been responsible for a lot of the template and stuff on our promo cards. Um, he came second, did he not? I don't know whether... I, I saw he made the final, and then I didn't see anything else. Okay. So I know he, he did very well and came second, but yeah, we will um, have to dispatch a spy and find out what went on there, what won, and that sort of business. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was Lanny Dragon, because it's a Lanny Dragon mirror. Oh, well, of course it was. Yeah. So, yeah. boo boo on you, Sean, for taking Lanny Dragon, and boo yeah. on you, Sean's opponent, for taking Lanny Dragon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No helping some people, is there? Okay, right, so we've got some listeners' questions to get through, but as I mentioned, this is going to be a cut-down show. So we're going to just pick out the, the better ones and anything that slips through in it. We will pick up. Um, I think at this stage, as much as we appreciated it and it was funny, we are going to ignore all the ones with the running theme of Neil Sadaka songs Boo. because we haven't got time for that, but it was very good. We like themed bands, so well done. Um but unfortunately, you dropped it at a time when we were having multiple fuck-ups, and it will be lost forever. Um, so we'll start with a serious one, <clears throat> one that's close to my heart, and I know it's close to Peel's. Um, the question was from Ad Snow, and he says, what does Greyjoy need to make it Tier 1? Now, spoiler alert, we had quite an in-depth discussion slash argument about this when we first recorded the show, um, but it's been lost in the midst of time. Um, and... I have changed my opinion ever so slightly to avoid Dave telling me I'm wrong again. So, um, but I won't. I won't answer it because you know I'm hosting. I can make you guys go first, which is what I'm going to do. So, um, Peel, what do you think Greyjoy needs to make it tier one? I think Greyjoy needs a unique save location. A unique save. So a location that is unique in itself. Or a location mm-hmm. that saves unique people? A location that you can only use in Greyjoy House. Oh, so a loyal one. Yeah, that's what I meant, sorry. Look, you're loyal. Yeah, okay. Um, I think that's a great idea. We did discuss last time, and I, I'm with you on this one to an extent. Obviously, I don't know where this bit's going, but mm-hmm. I feel the Iron Mind should have been loyal in the first place. Um, but So you I want something in, in addition to the Iron Mines? I would like, if they had more saves in a few weeks, they will be top dollar. Okay, obviously because Val is coming, yeah? Yeah. So you That's think- what they're built to do. They're built to withstand things like that. They're not yep. built to necessarily come out and hit you continuously in the face. They're there to build their forces, let you look, look at them and go, ah, it's fine, they're just messing around in the sea. Look at them. They're having a little fishing game. You know, he can't do shit. They're only using axes. No one uses axes. We've all got swords. And all of a sudden, they're sneaking up behind you, axing in your back door. Hey, oh. Ooh. Yeah. 
You know, you say, you say that they weren't renowned for like their aggressiveness. Well, they weren't at the beginning. Ran, you ran Hyperclaim, which had six I did run two claim or more plots, uh, <laughs> and then Valor. Yeah, that is a very good point. And in the sales deck as well. Yeah, and in the sale in the sales deck, there are several two claim plots. So uh, there might be a uh, inconsistency there. But to summarise, Peter, what, what we're saying is, you think a a loyal save location, which will encourage people to run Greyjoy as the main house, is what we need. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Have you got anything to add or counter that with? I What's can't your really take? remember what I said, which is pretty bad. Um, I do remember we had an argument, but I was. I remember what the argument was about. I remember the specifics of the argument. Yeah, but if Craven's not going to argue that, yeah. then we don't need to go there. Um, but so if you if you go for whatever you want to say, and then if you haven't covered something that comes to me, I'll jump okay. in. Okay. But other than Valor, I don't know. Which plays into the same theme as Peel. What I'm going to say actually is very close to what I mentioned last week, so it's made jog your memory. But um, I would like to see, a com- completely moving away from the unopposed theme, um, I don't think that needs fleshing out anymore. Um, the pieces which work off the unopposed are in the core set. They're not going to cycle out. Um, but as long as Greyjoy gets its fair share of stealth here and there coming out, uh, the most important things from that unopposed... Um, really is a great Kraken. Um, actually, no, I'm talking complete shit. Because Rise is going to cycle out. Um, hmm, let me just, for now. But still, there's, enough, there's definitely enough pieces, and there will be for some time. Oh, so we're, we're quite done with the now. We've, we've got enough. Um, last, last, last time we talked about this, I said Choke. I want to see Choke come back in a big way. Um, and your your counterpoint, Dave, was that Choke wasn't tier one last time round, uh, to which I definitely agreed. But if the economy base of this game remains the way it is, i.e., there isn't um, readily available non-limited burst economy, what would make Greyjoy jump up to tier one? And specifically now, this is where my argument changed from last time, is some means for them to interact with limited locations, which is unique to them. So you can start knocking out your gold producers, your King's Roads, rather than just manipulating the King's Road of the uh, ship fight, actually be able to take them out. Um, and fucking the, the economy in that way, I think, would be super powerful now um, because there's not such an abundance of it. And at the moment, a lot of the things that interact with locations are non-limited locations, um, and they're tied into shit characters like Dagmar Cleftral. But giving Greyjoy River an event or... Um, or, or some res- some resurrection like the Wintertime Marauders, which specifically starts messing around with limited locations, I think will push Choke as a viable tactic in this environment. So, yeah, that's what I would like to see. Okay. Is that despite the fact that Choke is clearly now a Night's Watch theme? Choke is a Night's Watch theme now, yeah. Um, but it tends... If you could imagine kind of two tiers of Choke, so Night's Watch seem to kind of their version of Choke seems to be kind of pilfering re, um, actual tangible money, doesn't it? So whether it's media contribution or the white tree, you're taking the gold from people. Whereas the Greyjoy version could be actually messing with the economy base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so taking the assets rather than the actual kind of cash away from people. I don't which know, would, it seems like. 
Yeah. Well, they've already got their location destruction theme, so I guess... But kicking it up to Mess of Limited, I think, would make that a more legit way. We do not sow Hits Limited. Does it? Yeah. That's how you it's get the lim- Oh, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay, so well, basically more things like that. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But aren't tied into wanky unopposed stuff. Sure. That is a wanky unopposed card as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it kind of is a nice nod for thematic things as well. Like the, the Night's Watch require money given them to, to sustain, and it's a bit of a burden. Everyone, no one wants to fucking do it. I think, oh, God, I've got to pay the Night's Watch. Like, oh, what a lot of shit. Whereas Greyjoy tend to, you know, go and reeve and pillage and take away your locations. In the way that you're on, Dave, you know, the whole newly made Lord theme is that he comes into possession of all these locations and starts giving away to his mates, um, which I like. But yeah, I am kind of a little bit resentful of the fact not which have taken that away from Greyjoy because I don't really know where it's going now. But um, yeah, some method of messing with locations, even limited ones, that's more readily available, is my my take. That's what I want. Okay. I, I definitely agree on the uh, diversified themes, please. Uh, part I'm I'm not sure I agree with choke. I like locations as a general theme, and I guess choke fits into that. Although, how much of it is just I have to run lots of locations because we have lots of good locations? Is that really a theme? I don't know. It's more of a burden in a way because yeah. you can really fuck your deck up that way. Something's just come to me. Actually, it's just sprung into my head, and I'm going to go again here, but I've got an idea which I think you're both going to like and would make perfect sense. To make Greyjoy Tier 1, they reintroduce and make it purely for Greyjoy, and occasionally people, maybe like, you know, a new Salad or San or whatever, but a Greyjoy majority. (laughs) Naval icons. I was going to say, I know exactly where this is going. (laughs) Yes. 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 No matter give, what happens, that's it. Give them naval icons. Give it them makes, naval icons. Makes perfect sense. They, they are a seaborne people, and you can never really prepare for how many of them you can have to be dealing with because the loads more can just turn up. I'll certainly it would be a, to that. It's a challenge, and it become, their, their theme could then be challenge math, and it still then does sort of tie into the whole unopposed stuff in line as well because you don't know how many people you need to be setting to a side to defend something. Yeah. So you might let this go because you've got to kind of think, oh shit, but you can put more in for the power challenge I'm worried about later on. So I need to keep him back for this. Oh, I'll just let this one go in the post. Oh, fuck me, I've lost the arbor. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, the calculations people have to do when you've got a naval icon. It's fantastic. I forgot. I am. Uh, 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 oh, shit. Um, block it. Wrong. Ah, oh, damn it. I've lost everything. And you take out three of their board because they refuse to let you throw an opposed, which would, like, in reality, unaffect them, so to speak. We've already seen that it does actually still matter because the Kennel Master had a naval icon, really, in all but name, with a, you know, a laundry list of ways to trigger it, but. Mm. Yeah, it was still a naval icon, wasn't it? And that really caught a lot of people out. So much so that I want to play Stark Naval. Or Stark <laughs> Doggy Naval, just loads of them paddling in. We're here. Yeah. boats. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, go on in, Dave. Uh, in the light of my new better idea. I would I would love... Um, I would love naval icons to come back. And I like the idea of them being a uh, 
a Greyjoy theme with certain other thematic applications. Saldor San, Wyman Manderley, that kind of thing. Um, Basically, so everyone who that. used to have a everyone who used to have a naval icon. Everyone, yeah, everyone who actually has a boat. Yeah. Like, if you own a boat, you can have an icon. Davos can have an icon. Yeah. Um, but you wouldn't see like. Uh, Jamie. There must be a character with a naval icon that didn't actually own a boat. But I can't think of one off the top of my head. Wasn't like, there? A, was a stealth Tyrion? Did he have a boat icon yeah, at any point? No Tyrion's no. boats. Didn't Wyla Manderley have one? He, yeah, he owns lots of boats. No, Wyla, the daughter. Didn't she have one on her power icon? Oh, she maybe. If she did, she doesn't deserve a boat. No, her dad's got a boat. It doesn't count. <laughs> Can't borrow your dad's yacht just to get in our club, Wyla. And something else, actually, which really helped Greyjoy, it just occurred to me again, is um, the reprint of Tyrion. Uh, Tyrion. Uh, fuck! Theon. <laughs> <laughs> Prize Theon. Prize Theon. He was legit. coming back, won't he? Yeah. He's so good as well. He was good. Yeah. yeah. See, if Rise came back in general, that would be a pretty damn good thing. They've started playing around with it before, uh, with, like, you know, um, Joffrey. But if it came back again and there was actually Prize, that would help Greyjoy out a buttload. Oh, yeah. Can, I don't want to see Prize come back too quickly. How powerful the Prize card be if, like, Tyrion's actually in the pool and it's got to be better than him? <laughs> Yeah, it's a slippery slope, but I would like to see Theon back. Yeah, definitely. He was he was cool. He was a really cool character. Yeah. All right. So there we go. There's a smorgasbord of stuff there for you, uh, Ed. So um, pick pick your best one. Although oh, it's obviously the naval icons, but um, that's what we think about Greyjoy getting the bump they need. Okay, um, we'll pick another one. And see what we can do. Uh, copyright a lot of shit on our page, don't we? Um, all right. Uh, so we'll go to uh, a few questions down now. Uh, this one's probably a very obvious one, but uh, we're doing a quick episode, so it doesn't matter. Um, George Anchors asks, <clears throat> We are finally getting small council tech. What trait needs love next? Uh, what's your answer, Dave, and why is it Meisters? Master of ships. What? <laughs> he's, he's only one of uh, he's one of two characters with uh, two printed naval icons, or more. So you, so you want that trait back? I want Master of Ships, and he'll be a Greyjoy character. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, I was looking up naval icons. Uh, Dale Seaworth probably doesn't deserve one, and that was really overkill on him. Uh, and I don't want right. to see that card again. <laughs> and Willa has one, and she doesn't need one, and it didn't make a playable. So. Uh, yeah, but no, yes, Maesters, Maesters needs more love. Yes, it yes does. it does. Uh, we want more three-cost Maesters for um, Here to Serve. Uh, we want lots of chains, we want an agenda, um, conclaves, uh, Maester of the Citadel, all that, uh, Refugee of the Citadel, all that jazz. Yeah, job's good. We need some Arch Maesters, I think we need some big ones. We do. Do you think they'll hold off until, like, book four, when they start to talk about the Arch Maesters more? Like, cycle um, four, that's when you bring in some neutral maesters. Well, I was thinking about this earlier on, and everyone's got a maester now, haven't they, apart from Targaryen? Yeah. Um, and beforehand, they had... Who they had? They had the current Night's Watch, Aemon, didn't they? Yeah. They so, had, they it. Um, then they had Marwin. Archmaester Marwyn, 
And then they had the advisor to the crown or whatever it was. He was neutral. Oh, no, there was a... The one that gave one influence. That got, the one that got plus one strength for each attack when he had. Oh, yeah, him. They did have dragons, though. They did, yeah. I feel like that's, that's not relevant. What would you really? rather have? Like, would you rather have a mace or a dragon? I'd I think I'd rather have a, have a dragon. I'd rather have uh, maces. Yeah, they're way more powerful. <laughs> and that, and you could run dragons out of maces, because then your maester could become a dragon. <laughs> you can. Yeah, people could die instantly in challenges with him. Oh, we're getting off topic. We're not going to start singing again. Um, <laughs> but. I reckon, um, just on the subject of maces, that Targa definitely drew one, and I can see that one, the one that gets plus one strength for each attacks when he has, being probably a reprint, actually, because uh, they are still trying to cling on to some kind of attachment theme. Well, if Merchant Prince is anything to go by. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty boring card, isn't it? Three mm. for three, Bicon, plus one strength for every attachment. And you actually have to waste your deck slots to give him attachments oh, oh yeah I forget really but the attachments they really talk about there were chains weren't they and yeah. they were just sitting on your house guard waiting to go fucking hell I love maces <laughs> um, <laughs> I really did they were so good yeah so um, much fun we brokenness they were they were fun you can run a pretty heavy maester deck now out of um, Barrow Martel if you wanted to yeah you can there's three six seven eight there's nine maesters you can use there um, by title oh no not by title actually if you take a one of the uniques and then a triplicate of the two non-unique types you can get nine maces out there who are the non-uniques there's the one which remove the keywords then there's the uh, actual neutral ones house maesters oh of course there are yep. so that's six and then Caliot um, Crescent Pylos. Pylos oh lovely oh I might build it I'll tell you something, it fucks Craven big time, and I don't mean me, I mean the attachment. Because if <laughs> yeah. you run three copies of Maester's Chain, don't worry about running Confiscation in your plot deck. Yeah, for sure. And you can play Maester's Chain on another person's Maester. Yeah. If you really need to. So, yeah. Anti-attachment Maester's is a thing. <laughs> and it just dies to first snow, which is sad. Yes, very much so indeed. So get get better at timing forgotten plans and you'll probably be alright. <laughs> this is beginning so, yeah. to sound like a first edition Maesters deck with a at the gates, forgotten plans, lovely. Not bad, is it? Yeah, chains. Only three of them, but chains all the same. Yeah, and then you would run the Blood of a Dragon as your plot, but no one's got apprentice collars on, so they die as well, which is a shame. <laughs> oh, first Ed. <laughs> <laughs> right, moving swiftly on. Yeah. Oh, Pin hasn't said his trait yet. He might not want maces. I'm going to go with Ironborn. There's, a, what, there's enough Ironborn. There needs to be more. No, I'd, um... What about something that's oh. not in it, or there's barely in it that you'd like to see? Must be something. There's lots, lots of knights, there's lots of sort of lords and ladies stuff going on. We don't know more about bollocks. I'd like to see some more tullies. Tully, you want the Tully theme back there? More proper Tullys, yeah. Like River Run. Yeah, some of the Tullys were bloody good at one point, um, and I quite enjoyed them in a weird way to look. They were just quite interesting cards. It's always very odd, though, isn't it? I think the designers gave Tully an awful lot more credit than they probably deserved, yeah. to be fair. 
Mm. Um, they weren't really that good, were they? Um, yeah, one of yeah, the I mean, great houses. Uh, yeah, but they're sort they of... Fuck all. Yeah, they're like <laughs> solid but unspectacular, but their, their trait was the dog's bollocks, wasn't it? <laughs> they did have a lot, of, uh, a lot of synergy. Yeah. They do seem to just survive, though, in the books. There's only really one of them that goes... They just seem to kind of be all right. Like it's all right. We're Tullys. Three of the four main Tullys die. Yeah, I was about to say prison. There's a seventy-five percent oh. mortality rate of main characters. <laughs> yeah, and the no, last one is in that. jail. I know you're an eternal optimist, Peel, but <laughs> I like to think that the Tullys have a really nice time and just go and catch some fish. Like, what's going to go on, Dad? It's all right. We've got a river next to us. Let's fish some fish. Well, Hosta dies of old age. That's not too bad. Yeah, uh, he gets burnt. The other two get murdered. Like hard, hard so, murder. Yeah. Oh, the red wedding, is it? Well, Cat Stark dies at the red wedding. Yeah, she's a Tully. She is. Uh, Lysa Aaron gets pushed out the moon door. She's a Tully. I never. You see, I didn't count her as a Tully, not properly. Well, if, if Cat's Mostly. a Tully, then Lysa's a Tully as well. I didn't like her being a Tully though. <laughs> she was the one that brought the Tullys down. She well, was just like you, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family, Peel. She was breastfeeding her like seven-year-old. Yep. Just, right. just odd. He's being let's slowly not, poisoned by little, little finger. Let's not start the uh, breastfeeding in public debate. We can't afford to lose listeners. <laughs> not the public thing. <laughs> it's the age. Yeah, the, more the fact that he was a teenager. Um, <laughs> oh, companion. Com- companion. Yeah. yeah. You said that last time, Peel. You want a whole deck of whores. I would love a deck of whores. That is a very good point. Oh, <laughs> imagine like if you could have... a deck. <laughs> Just imagine how many you could get with. You want basically instead of um, oh, what was the, what's the deck where you get to draw one additional card each time? So you draw three all the time. Long voyage. The long voyage. I want the long voyage just for companions. Or do you mean knights of the realm? No, I mean the long voyage. Knights of the realm, where if you control more knights, you draw. So if you oh, that'd be amazing. If you control more companions, draw a card. Oh my god, that would be incredible. The agenda was... I imagine the agenda would be like Littlefinger's brothel. You must run three copies of Littlefinger. You can run companions from any house. <laughs> it would be amazing. That I would be all over that. You could flood the board so hard. Yeah, they're Just... also cheap as well. And they all did something like brothel made them. Like they, you had to pay money to do like... To initiate a challenge, to do this, to do that. You've got to keep paying them. That'd be amazing. What a lockdown deck. <laughs> yeah, just clicking through. Uh, and on these couple of pages in my uh, binder, you've got Brothel Madam and Unsworn Apprentice and Hodor. Just all those companions that I can put in my deck. Can't even get, If you got Hodor out as well, that's quite a strong amount of military stopping power as well. You can't like, run nah. Bran, though, unless you're running Stark. You don't need uh, to run Bran, you've Stark, got Hodor. Littlefinger's bro- Brothel. <laughs> There'll be another version of him. He'll still be a companion. <laughs> I don't know how much business that brothel would get if you walk in, you're presented with one woman and then, like, Hodor. Like, well, it's, oh. you know, he caters for all tastes, doesn't he? Yeah, each to their own. Yeah. There we go. Um, Alright, one more then. Um, and then I'm going to have to go. Um, uh, Widdle asks a question specifically to Bamford. Um, if you could have a card design, would you simply reprint the first edition Red Viper? Um, for anyone who's 
unfortunate enough not to know what that means. Dave, do you want to give them a quick rundown of what the first edition Red Viper... Bear in mind there were several, but... What comes to my mind if you say first edition Red Viper? Well, I think it's the... Pots Viper. Noble. Noble one, yeah. Prince of a Sun. Oh, there are two Noble ones. The other one's Noble as well. He is. Okay, so Pots Viper, what what was he? This legendary card. What did he do? He was the best card in first edition. Uh, and uh, I say that with with conviction, for he was a 5 for 3 Tricon with a Noble Crest, he was a Lord uh, he had the text Renown immune to uh, no, immune to character abilities and events and uh, the Red Viper does not kneel to attack an opponent who has more characters than you and that's really strong it's very strong uh, the Noble Crest obviously kept him protected from death um with a plot called a noble cause, which made noble characters unable to die. Power of blood. Um, oh, of course, sorry, power of blood, yep. Yeah. So you couldn't just Valor him away um, very easily. And obviously flipping Valor and him not dying. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. So, yeah, so would you just reprint that card, Dave? Uh, however much I would love it, um, I think it would be healthier to reprint the other Viper. Yes. Now, not the one that when he dies, Valor, although he's fun too. Um, yeah. The the uh, the Warcrest Viper. Would you like to cover him? I would, yeah. So he also cost five. Um, he had all the icons. Um, he was strength free, was he not? He was. Strength free. Um, so, I mean, that's, that sounds quite underwhelming in the current environment, because you expect to pay seven for sort of, you know, five. But paying five for a character was, was really the top... He wasn't going to go much beyond that unless you were doing something mental. He was so, basically unheard of unless it was the Viper. I think he's the only five-cost character that saw play outside yeah. of like a couple of armies. Yeah, very, very rare to see anything higher than that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he had uh, all the icons, uh, free strength and stealth, and renown. Um, he, he had a war crest, um, which is largely irrelevant in the great scheme of things, but he had a reaction whereby after you lost uh, a challenge... Um, you could put a gold token on the Red Viper. Um, then he had another sort of action you could do, which was discard a gold token from the Red Viper to stand him. Um, you can then discard another gold token to raise the claim on your current block by one until the end of the round. Um, end of the challenge. And, oh, it was end of the challenge. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, yeah, there, there was a lot of utility with him, um, and he could get nasty real quick. Uh, especially if you started adding things in around that war crest, which um, only sort of made him deadlier, if you like. Um, but yeah, he was very good. So why would you choose that one over the other? Um, he's less... He's less play him at the right time when you win instantly, like the other one could be. Uh, we certainly need less of that. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's, he's more fun mechanically. Uh, he plays into the lose-to-win theme. He plays into this whole token thing that FFG are really enjoying at the moment. Um, he was—he's not the kind of character that you run three of necessarily, and like two copies of summons to fetch him. But you know, he's just a solid character that will see play uh, in all Martel decks, like a, a lot of Martel decks, all the time, which is which is more interesting. Um, it's that uh, that the decision on whether to win challenges. 
or lose them to get more gold to push through later challenges is uh, is really interesting, I thought. Um, I'd find myself letting reasonably important challenges through to get extra uses out of the Viper uh, or to, to force through like a claim 2 or 3 power challenge later. I'd have to give up quite a good character in a military challenge, so that kind of thing. Um, it gives your opponent quite a tough choice when you start jump challenging. Uh, like, do I want to let this one strength power challenge through? If I do, they're going to put another token on the Viper, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, as a seven for five, he would he would work quite well. Um, whether you took away his stealth or made his uh, put a limit on his abilities, maybe uh, maybe you can only claim a couple of tokens a turn, or uh, maybe you'd only claim them when you lose the defender or something, just to uh, temper it slightly for the second edition market. But uh, I'd really like a, a functional reprint of him. Okay. Cool. I like the sound of that too. I think it's pretty solid logic, and um, I'd like to see him back. Yeah. Okay. Nice work. Right. At this point in the show, I'm going to have to depart, and I will leave you in the careful hands of Dave and Peel when they tell you all about what went on in Peterborough, um, and uh, Dave will discuss some upcoming tournaments, which we can look forward to hearing about this time next week. Uh, gentlemen, I bid you good night. Bye. Bye. So yeah, um, all right then. Now that we've uh, kicked Craven out, Peel, would you like to talk us through the uh, Peterborough we held? No, the tournament we held. Yes, the tournament we held in Peterborough. We didn't <laughs> hold Peterborough. However, that was an epic festival that would be. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, um, we held a tournament at the weekend just gone, or not the just gone, the one before the just gone, um, where you know it was at a ministers' festival. Uh, in a venue in Peterborough, basically. They've had gigs on there before. They've had... I think I saw Real Big Fish there once upon a time. Mm-hmm. And they also had... Um, oh, was it Dylan Morris? Yeah, uh, Dylan Moran. I've seen Dylan Moran there, yeah. Yeah, that's yep, that was happened. That was amazing. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's that kind of venue. It's just a, basically a big hall with some slide-out seats. Um, so, yeah, we went there. We hosted a tournament at this thing. There was lots of games going on uh, all over the thing. The whole place was packed. Full of miniatures, miniature events, miniature stuff, uh, various games on display. There was one called Congo, which you got to play as tribesmen and a um, uh, army of animals, which is always fun. Uh, I like to imagine my enemies being mauled by lions as much as the next man. So it was nice to see that. <laughs> James was like me and James would just couldn't find it. It was just oh, it was brilliant. It was excellent. Yeah, I think uh, if we'd been able to play it and we had liked it, there was a very real chance of us starting that game. Yeah, like, like, possibly a, even if we'd seen it played. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but luckily, uh, luckily, whoever was supposed to demo it wasn't there, so uh, we escaped with our wallets intact. <laughs> that would have been expensive because I would have brought some tribes. With. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is like the, there's only like four packs of miniatures to buy, and then we have them all. Let's do it. <laughs> Two hundred quid, please. There you go. Who wants to be the huntsman? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. We could build a board and everything. <laughs> yeah, that would have been fun. Go on then, uh, what was the tournament like? Tell us about it. Uh, it was a nice little tournament. Uh, in the end, we had nine people turn up. Um, I jumped in so there wasn't someone sat around with a bye. Um, and we basically played four rounds of Swiss, cut to the top four. Um, it was a fun little day. and I think everyone had a good time. Uh, Stark won it. 
Um, but they will tell you about the winners in a minute. Um, and it was just, oh. It was nice to see some different types of decks and people who were relatively new to the game going, I built this, how does it do? Um, and, you know, I'm just seeing people actually learning to play the game for the first time or coming to their first major competitive. Because it was a few people's kind of proper competitive tournament. They'd been to a few kind of nights, but they hadn't actually, uh, you know, actually competed in a tournament at that point. So it was always good to see new turnouts. Yeah, definitely. And uh, a couple of people from around uh, Peterborough who we hadn't mm. met. So, um, There's a uh, from Peterborough. So uh, it's always good if you've got a few from Peterborough. That was nice. Um, we, yeah, we had nine players, obviously. We had, I'm just loading it up. The problem with the Annals of Castle Black, which is a wonderful resource, um, which uh, tracks all the tournaments, is that it doesn't run on Firefox. Right. Uh, which, why not? I, I don't know. But it, it you, can, so you, can, you can open it and you can see the summary charts at the start, but you can't like click into the tournaments or anything. Um, and it also doesn't run on... Work, uh, Microsoft Edge, which is like the default um, browser in Windows 10. Oh, is that uh, the new Internet Explorer? Yeah, yeah. Which is so it makes it incredibly frustrating if I actually want to look anything up. I have to use my phone because I'm damned if I'm going to download a browser just to use this piece of software. Do um, you use Chrome? No, I use Firefox. Oh, fair enough. I use Chrome just because it links over everything. Well, there you go. You can probably uh, you can probably get to it on Chrome. But uh, we had two Targaryen players, both of whom made the top four. We had two Tyrell players, one of whom made the top four. We had three Stark players, uh, one of whom made the top four. We had two Greyjoys and one Martell. Uh, in the end, it was uh, Rowan playing Targaryen Winter, who topped the Swiss. And it was Alex Hammond from Norwich, who played Stark Crossing and uh, won the tournament overall. Um, as I think you played against it, didn't you? And it was a, it was a fast old deck. It was. It was quick. Um, sneaky and quick. Yeah. So, uh, con- yeah. Congratulations to Alex. Um, he he's the proud owner of a banter behind the throne mat, which is still relatively exclusive. So, uh, congratulations to you. We also had the old type Much and Moors, which were made up as a prize for the Paramore Invitational, and then, you know, we didn't really get them sorted In out. Time. Yeah. Um, which reminds me. Thank you to uh, Sean Emberley, who we have discussed earlier in the. In the episode, he sorted us out with the, uh, the templating for the much and more cards. Sorry, gift of other red cards. Um, <laughs> this is habit now. Right. I'm not even doing it to be uh, to be irritating. It's, it's just habit. Um, <laughs> uh, so cheers to him for that. Uh, I have actually looked it up now. Uh, he didn't win Canadian Nationals, so oh. that, so that was sad. He, he actually lost to the other guy who was playing a tryhard deck. Um, so disappointing for you, Sean, but uh, I guess it, I guess it serves you right. So um, yeah, it was uh, it was a good day. Uh, tell us about your deck, Peel. Uh, my deck was a little deck called uh, well that focused very heavily around two particular cards. Uh, one of those cards was Bitterbridge Encampment, and one of them was the Arbor. And if you had two of them, you were in for a good time. <laughs> Not two of the same one. Uh, you can't dupe the armor on setup. We discussed this. Um, two of Bitterbridge, though. Two of, but you can dupe the Bitterbridge on yeah. setup. So but that's something for you. Education. Best four card setup in the game. We're Three Bitterbridge and one armor. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no two cost anything. So it's just, um, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Yeah, in the absence of setting up a chud. Uh, go on then. Um, so what banner were you playing? 
I wasn't playing um, a banner with Targaryen. And uh, it was a very simplistic game, a uh, very simplistic aim. Um, you kneel a bit of bridge, you fit in a high-cost character, yay, <laughs> it's free, because I'm running six summer plots out of seven. And the one I'm not running is the one that's going to wipe your board. <laughs> um, it was quite nice at one point, I managed to set off uh, a lovely little combo, bouncing. I, I, had, uh, I was playing um, the Comet, uh, where you draw two cards. I can uh, never remember his name. Dragon's Tail. Dragon's Tail, yeah. So I was drawing two cards. I had much and a uh, gift of the other reds as well. <laughs> so I was just filling up my hand with really powerful characters, then fear of wintering the board, and then making them discard people, and then just going, ha ha ha, look at all these powerful characters I'm putting to play for free, and none of them are going to get hit by anything. And it was just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing uh, is, the Dragon's Tail, it kind of works as well, because although, yes, you are discarding, you, you know, you're filling your card up, your hand up with other cards. You are technically only drawing two other cards, which are more than likely going to be characters, uh, <laughs> which, if not, are duplicates, um, or more stuff to bounce into play for funsies. Because yeah. in that deck, it, I think everything is either economy, uh, characters, or card advantage, isn't it? There's it is. one copy of the Manda, maybe, one copy of High Garden, but everything else is, well, I guess... The, uh, uh, the Manda is draw. But everything else is economy locations, draw events, and just blokes. And at that, mm. they are big blokes. Because uh, what, what is the way to make Pitterbridge playable, Peel? What, how what, do you have to build your deck? <laughs> what you have to do is look for everything that's under four cost <laughs> and put it in a shredder. <laughs> uh, you're not going to need it. <laughs> you're not going to need any characters under four cost. Uh, because why the fuck... Yeah, who? Yeah, you can afford to get. You can easily if you've got if you're playing a summer. That's two massive cost characters into play in one round. Um, that is kind of you know that's more gold than you'd get from most plots anyway. Yeah, like you'd have enough to do. Like you're effectively spending fourteen gold a time just putting people into two blokes into play, but they're the two biggest beefers in the world, and one of them will probably reduce the cost of the other. Or if you win a challenge with them, put another person into play. <laughs> that, that was funny. Yeah, I, I've seen you play like what six games with that deck, six or seven games, uh, and I think almost all of them you had the Queen of Thorns by the end of turn one. And yeah, there's only one copy. There's, yeah, <laughs> one copy in the deck. Oh, there she is. You know, the other piece of the economy engine. <laughs> yeah. And when she attacks, you get to put in the um, Knight of Flowers into play, yeah. and he doesn't cost anything either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's I'm not quite sure fun. I saw you spend any gold all day. <laughs> I was. I was using gold to ambush in wildlings, Dave. Don't be stupid. <laughs> wildlings. Oh, I love that tech. I'm just going to ambush in this wildling. Why? I don't know. I can. It's <laughs> funny. I, I walked over and saw you with it, like a stack of seven or eight gold. I was like, why hasn't he played anything? Oh, because he has like four wildlings in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> just choosing which one is the correct one to ambush. <laughs> it's always the wildling horde. <laughs> it's always the wildling horde. <laughs> uh, oh, horde. Because uh, you could get um, the king out pretty easily as well. And he's a king, so he just like stops other things as well. It's just, oh. Mance, yeah. Yeah, big old Mancy Raider. With, he's a tricon. <laughs> Mance, is, uh, Mance is considerably better when he's free. Yeah, and he's a trigon. His main issue is that he's hard to afford, but but free is very affordable. <laughs> I found was the most affordable way. Yeah. Uh, I did manage to. Oh, there was once. Um, 
Oh, what is it? There's one of the plots I was playing. Um, whatever their plot count is, count two more gold. Summer, summer Harvest. Yeah, Summer Harvest. I managed to play Summer Harvest on a trading with a Pentoshi turn. <laughs> so I had, um, I think I counted 18 gold because I had the Arbor as well. And, <laughs> finger, and it was just like, oh, right, then, um, the only ring is I had a brothel ship, so I didn't have that much gold, unfortunately. One of them was missing. Uh, and I got another three gold because of, you know, that. And then I got another however many gold due to me being, like, tactical timing. Okay, so uh, anything else on Peterborough, or shall we move on? Let's move on for now. Um, but, you know, fingers crossed we'll be invited back to do it next year. And a big thank you to everyone involved, uh, Ash and Pippa, who invited us along, because um, it was a nice day out for all. Yeah, it was. And it was, quite, it was nice to see what miniatures are going on. Admittedly, it was mostly X-Wing, and the room that smelled like vinegar, because there was a takeaway in there when I walked in and no one was playing any games, because I happened to go in at the one point it was lunch. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 they were playing, like, Dreadball or something in it. Yeah, they had really gone all out on the vinegar. There was so much vinegar, I don't understand it. We got pizza. Yeah, I, I went into uh, that room earlier on, uh, and it smelled of B.O., so it was good that they got the vinegar, because I, I wondered if that had just, like, the B.O. progressing, and it confused me, and then I saw the takeaway. The takeaway. Okay, yeah, yeah sure, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, walking past the miniatures in the same room as the X-Wing, um, I got to experience that that really strange historical war game uh, mm. that I remember showing yeah. you. And, yes. uh, was, this is the one. What? This one there, two or two. What? Two yeah, or three? Yeah. Eh. He's, like, that, he's like, right, I'll move these guys forward. And he's like, yeah, okay, so you've got four guys there. No, I've got eight guys here. Well, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's a movement tray that fits eight. He's like, yeah, but you've got four models. No, but there's eight guys. All right, okay, sure. I thought that was very confusing. Um, and I walked over to another table and he's like, right, I move uh, this guy here and then I'll shoot you. Well, you can't shoot me. Why? Because he's in a wood. I'm like, what? That's a hill. Yeah, but we're using it as a wood. Ah, like, oh, fuck's sake. The whole point about miniatures is that it's supposed to be visual. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're just going to proxy things, ah! I may as well play a card game, guys, so remember that. Oh, it's Remember that for next time. But yeah, it was cool to walk, walk around and watch all the uh, different miniatures games. Like, the paint jobs were great. Like, some of the models were really nice. The scenery was amazing. Like, uh, but I, I'm glad I didn't buy any. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a good idea. I don't have the time, the money, or the patience for miniatures. Patience is mostly the thing. Or the back. Like, every time I play X-Wing, I get a sore back. So, uh, it's just I'm not going to... over a table all day. Yeah, like, I'm not going to play a, uh, like a four-hour miniatures game. Um, too much for me. But, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, cheers for that. Uh, moving on to our last segment. Peel and I have got a little, well, mainly Peel has got a little competition for you. If you want to get your hands on one of our lovely playmats with our faces on them, uh, as proudly modelled in erotic photographs available on the web and uh, uh, Starlek Worlds and a multitude of other tournaments in the past year, um, still rather exclusive. We've not given very many out. So uh, here's your the best way of getting your hands on one in the next couple of months. Uh, Peel, what do they have to do to get a copy of our playmat. You need to name my kitty. And how would they do that? You would go onto our Facebook page and click on the link, which will be up by the time this goes up, um, to enter your submissions. Uh, We're going to gather up all the submissions by, I think, say Wednesday next week, or try and get them sorted out. Yeah, you've got basically till Sunday night to submit your suggestions, Mm -hmm. and then the voting will go live after next week's show. 
so we'll record at some point next week. Choose our uh, our favourite suggestions from whatever you guys come up with. Um, it will all be anonymous. We won't look until right at the end as to uh, who submitted, and we won't post that. Um, and then uh, you guys can vote on your favourite suggestions. And then uh, that's it. Peel's cat has to go to the. Uh, I was going to say the dentist, but the vet as um, as uh, whatever you name it. Uh, yeah, obviously as long we'll as... be screening, won't we? Well, we're, we, we're going to be screening, and by screening, I mean we're going to be taking out anything offensive, you know, to anyone. You know, I'm not going to stand outside the front of my house and start with offensive language, because that's, you know, just wrong. <laughs> For so many reasons. Um, it's not big so, and it's not clever. No, you know, swearing isn't cool. It just makes <laughs> the neighbours look at you. Yeah, yeah. Sign of a poor vocabulary. Yeah. I don't want my neighbours to think, oh, look at that common bastard with a, you know, his cat called Little Rescue, or something like that. Um, <laughs> I can't even think of a swear word. I literally came up to it. I said bastard in the prequel. And then when I thought of a name for my cat, there was a swear. I could not think of anything. Um, so this is what I mean. I genuinely cannot name that cat. So I really do need your help. I've been trying. Like, this isn't like a new thing. I didn't get the cat like today. And it's like, oh, we've got a cat today. I better try and get someone to name it. I've had him for three days or her for three days. It is a her, by the way. And I cannot for the life of me think of a name to call my cat. Uh, the closest I've got so far is oh what was i gonna call her um i think i was gonna call her um roxanne that was about as far as i got roxanne. Uh, the only reason i just wanted to call out the front of my house um that every night because i thought what a way to call your cat by singing print um sting but you know anything you've got any suggestions you know uh spice girls members anything like that it will happen uh one way or another thrones characters are probably going to be a popular one uh, ideally, I don't want to call my cat um, Littlefinger, but you know it happens. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what you know. Put them in. We'll have a look, and the uh, well, may the best one win. And uh, which which Thrones character is out of bounds completely? Oh yeah, you can't name it Asher. Yeah, because that was my previous cat who is no longer here. Yeah, that would be inappropriate. Yes. Okay, so uh, with that, we'll see you all later. Say bye, Peel. Bye, Pam.